We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over a little bit about yesterday's slate. We're talking about MLB now, okay? NBA, I'm just acting like it doesn't exist, okay? NBA, the shenanigans that are going on. I'm on to baseball. We're on to baseball now, people. We'll be talking about yesterday's MLB slate. We're talking a little bit about today's MLB slate, which it's it's so so much better than. NBA because it's 11 o'clock in the morning and we could we could possibly talk about the actual slate that goes on today we may not know the exact batting orders right well we, more likely than not the projected ones are 90 to 95 percent correct so we get a flip here a platoon guy there a different catcher that type of thing so most of the stuff that we talk about now may actually be be valid by by lock time so that's that that's a treat okay so we'll be talking about that and uh, and answering your strategy questions, as I always do, in the morning with the YouTube chat. I see the YouTube chatter people here for Casual Friday. Card fan Chandler Cannon, Ben Cairns, Clay Loofborough, Gerald Miller, Dario Rosenstack, Ryan Edwards, Tony Tischhauser. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, uh, you could always subscribe on, on the, for the podcast. This comes out as audio right after the show. So uh, go to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the DFS pregame show, Roto Grinders. Subscribe there and uh, and uh, rate and review if you, if you can. But uh, if you're in YouTube now, you know what to do. Got my apple juice. It's pretty cold. Keep it cold during the show. Minute made. I got the brand name stuff. Hit that thumbs up button, the like button, right? Thumb, 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 thumb. The subscribe button if you're new here. The notification bell to know when we go live. And we got a lot of content coming out this month. We got NBA and MLB at the same time. Bunch of grinders live, a bunch of specialty videos, bunch of crunch times, bunch of everything. We got we got we got so much stuff going on. It's ridiculous with uh with MLB back. And uh let's see. Going into yesterday's slate, uh it was it was it was not a good slate for me. 
It was not a good slate for me, primarily because of pitching. Not because of hitting. It's, it's You'll see this in MLB all the time. If you're new to MLB, you need that combination. You need to get the pitching right, and you need to get the hitting right. A lot of, a lot of days, you're going to do one or the other. A lot of days, you're going to get the high-priced pitching. You're going to be on DraftKings. You get the, the nut two-man combination, and then your stack puts up one run, and it's just zero, three, three, six, and nothing, right? And just like, oh, got all the pitching right, but uh, batters couldn't bat. And then sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's like, oh, I got I got the five-man stack of the team that scored 14 runs, and uh, and my pitchers combined for negative points, right? It's like I'd rather just not even have a pitcher there. It would have scored higher. So sometimes it's like that. Yesterday, that that was more of the case. Yesterday, uh, I had a bunch of Texas and Kansas City, and that game put up 24 runs combined, and I was above the field on both of them. Uh, the problem is that I was playing a lot of uh, Kyle Hendricks and uh, Luis Castillo, and uh, yeah, that didn't that uh, kind of didn't work out. Uh, Hendricks walked three guys, and I think he walked eight guys all of last year, so he was out after three innings. And Castillo was, oh my God, what happened to him, right? Just bad opening start. Uh, the Cardinals tagged him up for what? Nine runs in three innings or something? He had a minus 15. Minus 15. Of course, I had him in cash, right? I had that combination in cash. My pitchers, my pitchers uh, put up negative 10 points. So I could have just rostered two relief pitchers that didn't even pitch and gotten more points than that. Uh, but that, But that's what happens. That's the high variance aspect of baseball. And yesterday in GPP, I had to decide. I mean, I was trying to decide with the high-owned pitchers. Uh, do I play? I'm just going to play one of Glasnow or Castillo and then stack against the other one. Just a little bit. So do I play the Cardinals against Castillo and then play Glasnow? Or do I play Castillo and stack the Marlins against, against Glasnow? Well, uh, I did the wrong thing. I ended up being the wrong thing. But I mean... From a decision standpoint, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not beating myself up over it. This is what I mean by you don't. I don't care about the results. I care about about the information that is known at the time. I knew Glasnow would be one of the more popular pitchers. I thought Castillo would be one of the more popular pitchers. I thought Hendricks would be a popular pitcher. I don't know. I thought Hendricks would come in third out of those. So it just came down to who do I think is going to be more owned, Glasnow or Castillo? Because the whole point of stacking against a pitcher or whatever is to get, get, gain leverage, especially SP2s. Now, Glasnow, is he an ace? I guess so. But, uh, I mean, he, he has a his history of uh, control problems. And uh, you don't know how long he's going to pitch, right? We don't know the first you know couple of starts. Is he, I mean, Glasnow was babied as it was. A lot of times he didn't pitch 100 pitches even just in the middle of the season. So I thought if Glasnow is going to be 30, 35, 40% owned, like, if he's going to be the highest owned pitcher, that's that's the one I want to do it with. Is it going to be Glasnow? Is it going to be Castillo? Well, I, I was right. Glasnow in the large field GPP was like almost 36%. Luis Castillo, 19%. So if I knew that, then my then I made I made the same decision I would have. Doesn't matter what the results are. If Castillo ended up being higher owned and Glasnow being lower owned, then I would have been like, okay, I made a mistake. So it's not about the results. It's about, had I known at the time what the ownership was going to be? I didn't think Hendricks was going to be 30% owned. I thought Hendricks would be 20% owned, somewhere around there. The rest of the pitchers, 
I thought Woodruff would be higher owned. He was 15% owned. So I was considering the, those are the pictures I was kind of considering and which one of these am I not going to play? Well, I chose Glasnow because I thought he would be the highest owned. Well, it turns out he was the highest owned. So there you go. It turns out you, you, you need, you probably should have played him. I mean, you probably needed to play him. We had uh, you know Ricky D RBX ending. You'll see this in results DB. When we go over results DB for MLB, you're not going to see that much like dark blue and dark red on a lot of uh, these 150 max players exposures. You're not going to see much of it because MLB is a high variant sport on large slates at outside of maybe pitchers. Like you, you, you typically are not going to be playing, you know, a batter in like all of all 150 lineups or a vast majority of lineups. You're stacking most of the time, right? You're a lot, a lot of your lineup is going to be your stack or like a 5-3 or something like that with a secondary stack. You're not going to get many like one-offs where it's like, oh, I just want this guy, you know, like Tommy Pham yesterday. Like he was, he was, he was underpriced. He's underpriced today also. So like as a one-off, playing Tommy Pham and like, oh, I got to play him in 80% of my lineups. Like that's not, that's not really a thing. Okay, because baseball is higher variance. So it's it's not like playing a $3,200 point guard that's going to come into 38 minutes in the NBA. Where it's like, okay, then I could play him in 95% of my lineups. Right? Because he could be a great value and do nothing. Look, Tatis put a, put a five points. Fan put up five points. Who was another? Who was another? CJ Crone, he did well. 12 points. A little underpriced. Solaire was like under 3K on, on DraftKings. He put up 27 who's more likely to be in Royal stacks, like Kettle Marte. Like these are, yeah, in cash games, if you're playing double ups, you don't worry about stacks. You just plug in the best value. So you probably had Kettle Marte. You probably had Tommy Pham in your lineup. But for GPPs, like these one-offs like that are, are a lot of times you don't play. A lot of times it's, it's actually negative EV to do that. You don't have to jam in. Always the best batting value. And pitching value is a different story. Pitchers are, are less variant. There's still high variance. I mean, look, Castillo put up negative 15. There's still high variance. Look at that Texas-Kansas City game. Keller and Gibson got killed. It's not like they're great pitchers or anything, but I mean, they're not that bad. So you're not going to see many big big blue and big red. If anything, the red that you're going to see is on like, is going to be doing the extreme on, an, on a, a high chalk play. So either you're going to be way over or way under. So you have like ending a lot of glass now lineups, but not much Tommy fan and probably not that much. Uh, yeah. Not that no Padres. I mean, if we take a look here, 8% to Tease, barely one lineup with fam Machado one lineup. I mean, just didn't play any Padres didn't play much. That's a better way of putting it. 4% Myers. If you look down here, but what did he do? C.J. Crone, so this this would be the Rockies, Austin Meadows, Trevor Story. So, yeah, he was playing Rockies stacks. Rockies, Milwaukee, Tampa Bay. That's what it looks like. Yeah, Milwaukee is Narvaez, there's Tapia, Colton Wong, Hura, Owings, Yandy, Kiermaier, Avisal, right. He was playing a very highly contrarian lineups, bat-wise. Hence why the 86% on glass now, right? Because you have to think of like pitching and hitting is like kind of two different things. 
I'm going to play, I'm going to be being contrarian in my hitters, most likely going to be a bit chalky with the pitchers and vice versa. Right. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go off the, if you're going to play the Dodger stack yesterday, well, your, your other three players in your lineup and the two pitchers probably, probably going to be a little bit off the board. The Dodgers were, were chalk. I mean, look at the Dodgers. Betts, 26%. Seager, 24%. Bellinger, 21%. Turner, 19%. I mean, even even Taylor, who was a, like a late add to the lineup because we didn't get the Dodgers lineup until like late. And instead of Pollock in, Taylor was in. But he ended up still being almost 9% owned. You're thinking those types of situations that, you know, oh, people aren't paying attention enough to play Taylor because they weren't expecting him in the lineup over Pollock. Same thing for Will Smith, right? Will Smith and Austin Barnes, so 7%. But if you're building in a builder, it's kind of easy to do that because if you're playing, if you're just using stack settings, like once the lineup switch out, switches over, then you just just rebuild with the, with, with the new guys. So, I mean, did we get, did people play like Will Smith or did anyone play Will Smith? Will, Will Smith, did, I guess not. Pollock. Oh, I guess Pollock was 0.46%. I mean, no one had him here. Well, percentage of the rake, but I guess, I mean, yeah, Pollock could come out and pinch hit and do something, I guess, but you, you don't, you don't play pitch hitters in, in, uh, in, in classic MLB. If you're playing showdown. I mean, I guess there, there's a, there's a viability to, to pinch hitters to some extent, depending on the contest that you're playing. Going in the YouTube chat. Marcus McIntosh. I love baseball so much, but it can be very frustrating. Yes, the variance in baseball will be high. But we're playing like we're playing like 180 slates. So, so think of it as a it's, it's long term. Stuff's going to happen. That the Pirates are going to come out and score 14 runs in a game. The Marlins are going to it's a, the ace pitcher is going to come out and give up six runs in the first inning. You're going to you're going to see that in baseball. You're going to see improbable things happen. Every single day, which improbable thing, who knows? But over the course of an 880 slate season, 200 slate season, just make good decisions and then the profit will come. Just on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's all over the place. But it's not like NBA all over the place, not like injury all over the place type of stuff. Just that that's what baseball is. Everyone's going to get about the same opportunity. I like basketball, where it's, oh, this guy's going to play 38 minutes and this guy's going to play 14 minutes. It's like, no, well, this guy's batting first and this guy's batting second. They're probably both going to get four or maybe five at-bats. And the difference between, oh, a shot to the wall and a shot over the wall, I mean, difference of three feet could be the difference of 20 points in the score. Or who's on base at the time. Or a ground ball, seeing-eye ground ball type of thing. I mean, like, there's a lot of variance in baseball. Let's see. Michael Lingenfelter, how did you end up on Milwaukee and Cincinnati? Chalk, well, not chalk. They weren't chalk. I saw you in my competition with 10 stacks of these. Went back and ran five plus stacks. No, I, cho- I chose Milwaukee and Cincinnati on purpose. I chose a bunch of things. I typically, I, I play tons. I play tons of lineups. Okay, in large field. I go by, I go by the basis of, of I'm more likely to play teams that are are less owned for their probability of success. I use I use Slate IQ to determine a lot of that. Slate IQ yesterday, Milwaukee and Cincinnati had a higher percent chance of being the top stack 
then they will be owned in aggregate. So I'm like, okay, once I see that, that's fine. And I knew the Dodgers were going to be chalky. And I knew that pitching wasn't like cost prohibitive. So in those types of situations, vomit stacks are not as valuable because like who, what double stud lineups are like, what, what am I spending the money on? If it's not 10 K pitchers or the Dodgers yesterday, well, I'm, th- that's the chalk. So like, what am I doing? So Milwaukee with like Yelich in the lineup. I mean, people weren't playing Yelich yesterday. People weren't playing uh, Eugenio Suarez and Castellanos and those guys. I'll have to give it a shot. I mean, I look at, I'll, we'll even see, like today, like Jamino has this up early. The, the ownership and everything. But I, I want to show you some premium stuff. So, so we have two things here on, on RG. With the plate IQ projections, that's the RG projections. So it's not the bat projections that Cardi does. So we have a top MLB stacks and stack values. So basically our smash percentage type of thing. And it shows the average projection, the average salary. So here's the smash percentage, the likely of it finishing as the, you know, the top, top overall value on the slate as a point per dollar basis. So on today's slate, as of right now, because obviously batting orders change and stuff like that, umpire assignments, who knows, weather changes. As of right now, it's not going to change that much. As as long as the pictures remain the same, these numbers typically don't change that much. But you see here, the Dodgers have the highest smash, obviously. I mean, they have a seven-plus implied run total in cores. 28%. They're going to be owned at 20, about currently projected to be slightly under-owned. Are they going to be the top value? No. Likelihood, likely not the top value, but top raw smash percentage. Yes, Padres look to be overowned. Eleven percent smash, twenty percent owned. So looking at this, here's the White Sox: nine percent smash, three percent owned. So now I'm looking there. Higher higher percent chance of smashing than there will be owned. Right, Seattle may be a little overowned based on this, and then we get down to like. Marginal differences. So this is this is the smash percentage tool. It's for premium members. You can click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Then we also have Slate IQ, okay? As ownership changes, like th- th- these, these numbers will change. Typically, it's not going to be as dramatic, assuming that everyone, you know, is still in the lineups and everything, Pitch, same pitchers and everything. So you can look at this at 11 o'clock in the morning and it, it's not... It's not going to be dramatic, probably won't be dramatically different as long as ownership stays consistent. If it's not, then it could go all over the place. But here we have Slate IQ. There's another premium part of Roto Grinders. But I like look, I looking, everything else, all these other things, stack type leverage and everything typically stays about the same, like every slate. So I, I don't even bother looking at them, what the cash line is, what the, whatever, like, it's gonna it's it's gonna be around the same no matter every slate typically by slate size large slates versus small slates the main part I, I I'm looking at is the team stacking so based on the simulations that Jamino has run his hamsters they're getting double duty this month the hamsters are doing basketball and baseball so you can see the percentage of the time the team is in the win. This is projected ownership and leverage for four or five hitter stacks 
based on results from the 25 most similar slates. So it's simulating it out. So we have here the percentage of the time that this team is in the winning lineup. Dodgers, 9.3%. 8.9 for the Padres. Giants, 6.9%. Seattle, 6.4%. And then you can see the field, the ad, the average ownership of the players of the lineup. So you, you're really looking for teams that are higher probability that'll be under-owned, be less owned. Doesn't mean you can't play the Dodgers. It just means that you need to find leverage or negative leverage. And we can see here as of right now, the team with the highest probability based on our simulations as of right now at the ownership levels that it's, that it's currently like everything, all the numbers stay the way they are right now. The angels 6.2% chance to win. They'll be owned at 4.5%. So that's positive leverage. Arizona 4% chance to win 2.2% owned. We also get down to the bottom, like Tampa Bay 1.6% chance being the top stack in the winning lineup, 1.2% owned. So it has positive leverage, but it's also the lowest probability team. So just because it has positive leverage doesn't mean I got, those are the only, pl- I, I got to play a look here and I go, I'm going to play Tampa Bay. I'm going to play Arizona and I'm going to play the Angels and then not going to play anyone from any other teams. But that, that, that's, you shouldn't do that, right? There's still lower probability. Still mixing in higher probabilities into your lineups as well. The projection, if you just played with those three teams, your projections are going to be way too low. Like, oh, I don't want any Dodgers one-offs and quarters. Like, why? Why, why not? I don't want any Padres. No, I want, why not? Every piece of your lineup doesn't have to be, like, plus EV individually. If, you, if you're going to leave 7,000 on the table and play lower projected players as a your lineup sucks. Oh, but every individual thing looks done up, but your lineup sucks. You don't need every individual thing to be to be the every part of your lineup has to be leveraged. No, of course not. Why wouldn't I want to play Dodgers with a seven plus run total? You can play five man Dodgers stack, even though it's chalky. You just have to realize that it's negative leverage, which means you have to find leverage elsewhere. Just have to find you find a, find more leverage, not just like oh I'll play the Dodgers and just play the second highest owned pitcher or something like that may not be enough. So this is what I use. So that's why with Cincinnati and Milwaukee yesterday, I saw that they were they were a, a high enough probability of winning, and they were under owned. So I'll build some. I mean, on DraftKings I played fifty lineups in total. On FanDuel I played a hundred or eighty or something. Obviously, the, all this stuff that we're looking at for Slate IQ is from DraftKings only. The top, the team smash percentage is for all sites. Slate IQ, because we use uh, uh, the results DB to go back and find the 25 most similar slates. So since we have results DB for DraftKings, we could do it with Slate IQ for DraftKings, not FanDuel. But that's how it looks. That I'm using math. This is sim- this is a simulation methodology. This is this is what you know. Just looking on the overall team's distribution curve, right? Percentiles, and there you go. And then 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 you, you build lineups, right? 
because obviously the, the, the Dodgers are going to project well. I mean, look at the play the two projections for today. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, look at, I mean, look at the, look at these numbers. Go by order. Bet, Seager, Turner. I mean, and, and it's not, and it's not cost prohibitive. Right. You could play, you could play a five man. Like if I play, I, I could even play Betts, Seager, Turner, Bellinger, Smith. Just something like that. Optimize Lopez, Heaney, White, Lowry. I mean, I have to punt in three spots. I could do it. Andrew Vaughn, if he's in the lineup for the White Sox, he's 2K. So this is doable. So playing the, the, five, the most expensive hitters on the team with the seven implied run total is still doomed. And even if I, if I move Lopez or Heaney to Kikuchi even, who's cheaper, right? He doesn't project that poorly, right, or anything. Like, let's let's see. Kikuchi, yeah, he's down here, right. So he's 6K. I go like this. Yeah, I even get like here. I get Kiermaier, Lowry, White. Okay, I don't get that much. That much better, right? I go up from Vaughn. But even though I wanted to play Vaughn, like th- this is a valid lineup. You get you you get pitchers and bat. I mean, you, you, yes, you have to punt in a couple of spots. But it's baseball. And these there are sub 3K hitters that as long as you get points from and your stack does well, you're fine. So it's not going to be cost prohibitive today to play the Dodgers. That's why I think they're going to be, you know, super chalky. I mean, currently right now we have them at 35, 34, 34, 32, 20. It's a six-game slate, so there's 12 teams. So the the average on a 12-team slate, do the math, out of 100 should be, what, 8% or so? 8.5%? If, every, if everyone was owned equally, all the teams were owned equally, it would be like 8.5%. The ownership of the Dodgers would be four times that. And I think that may even be higher. I think that this this may get into the 40s. Because the, the Dodgers currently have a seven and a half implied run total. And the next highest team is San Diego, the Padres at 4.8. I mean, that's a dramatic difference. But now you see what I'm what, what I'm looking at. I'm showing you. I mean, I know we've been doing NBA for a long time. But now MLB, I could show I could I could literally show the stuff that is for today's slate and not have to worry about Paul George being out and half a team sitting and Steph Curry's probable, but who knows, or teams that the injury report doesn't matter. I like it because we can talk about strategy. Uh, let's see. Chris Schumacher. Are there certain instances where cores games are positive EV? Yeah. If they're under, if it's under owned cores games tend to be over owned. They have the highest projected raw points, but the sites also price up those players. Remember, you're thinking in terms of lineups, not players, not even stacks, lineups. So on this slate today, the Dodgers project for high raw points. I mean, they're expensive, but they're not cost prohibitive to a good lineup, to building a, a, a high projected lineup. You don't have to sacrifice that much. A four-man stack, you almost don't have to sacrifice anything. The highest the price pitcher is, is, is Bauer at 10.5K. That's it. And they have the highest implied total by two and a half points. The three to 2.7. Sometimes we'll see a Coors game on a 13-game slate and the, the wind is blowing out at Wrigley. 
or it's hot and, and it's, it's 92 degrees in Boston or Cincinnati or like, you know, one of those, you know, good hitting ballparks in Baltimore, right? Or, the, or Atlanta, right? It's 98 degrees in Atlanta. And you have like the Dodgers are in Atlanta facing, you know, the bullpen or something. Facing, I don't know where Tehran is or whatever. Facing not not uh, a good picture. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, now that now there are other good spots. And maybe Coors ends up getting under-owned. Sometimes they price up Coors too much. Maybe uh, who's in Coors? Uh, the, uh, the, who would be in Coors? The Marlins. Oh, they're in Coors. And uh, Corey Dickerson's 5,800. And Brian Anderson's 5,200. In order to play Jorge Alfaro catcher, you have to pay 4,600 for him. So it's like, yeah, they're in cores, but it's not that great of a team. Starling Marte, 6,100. While Mookie Betts is also 6,100 playing in the heat in Atlanta. So it's like, okay, maybe now cores is not his own. So those are the times. Most of the time I'm fading cores as a stack. Most of the time, but it depends on the slate, obviously. This slate, it's almost impossible to avoid it. To not have anyone from that game and just say, I hope it, ex- it explodes. I mean, you could, but I mean, it's a six-game slate. If this was a 12-game slate, it'll be a little bit easier. Uh, Eric Caldwell, how do you break down your leverage on ownership? I know you said if chalky pitchers, then non-chalky bat stacks. Is a chalky SP1 and a bat stack with a non-chalky SP2 and three-man stack enough? Well, you run the lineup and see. That's why we have tools like Lineup HQ. It'll show you total ownership and everything. Think in terms of lineups. Try to try to really try hard to think non-linearly, okay? It's not natural to. Most people think linearly. Linearly meaning, okay, what pitchers am I going to play? Then what stack am I going to play? And now I have three spots and like, what can I fit in those three spots? Like that's thinking linearly of you're going to place things in, in a certain order. Non-linearly is there is no order. It's everything at what you're thinking of everything at once. So it's like, okay, well, if today I'm going to fade the Dodgers. Okay. Well, then I can build any lineup I want. Then what, what order do I need? The Dodgers are going to be super chalk. Right, I take a look at this, and it's like, okay, I could play the Mariners. I could play the. I mean, the Padres are going to be chalky, also. You go look. You got Seager. You got Tatis. So it's like, if you're not going to stack the Dodgers, you're probably going to be playing Tatis as a one-off. So you try to try to combine all who these who the players are and who's going to be owned. We got Betts and Bellinger owned in the outfield. So if I'm fading the Dodgers maybe higher priced outfielders are going to be less owned. So you take a look at stacks like the White Sox. I I mentioned that on the morning grind. The White Sox don't project as well anywhere close to the Dodgers. Remember, the range of outcomes in baseball is absurd. Right? Look, twos and 25s. I mean, like, it's ridiculous. So if I'm not playing the Dodgers... I want to stack the the White Sox. I mean, this is why I use like the lineup preview tool. That's why I'm using that to show you about how to think non-linearly. So let's say this is the order. We have Anderson, Robert, 
Robert, Robert, Luis Robert, Rayu Moncada. Like I like the fact that it, it fills infield positions. So by lock, if I just go, okay, I'm gonna take a five-man White Sox stack. Lopez Heaney, I don't mind. What's wrong with that? Jed Lowry, Hanniger, Slater as a one-offs. If I run 50 lineups, I'm just gonna run 20 or whatever. Right? Do I have any rules on? I have a three. Yeah, I've, this is with a couple of build rules, so it's not going to be perfect. So I'm going to look. I'm going to see 96, 96 ownership. I mean, this look at this ownership. The ownership is, right, because I also have the stacks on. Right, okay, so where do I? Okay, let's see. So look, here we go. White Sox stack with two Mariners, and, and Jed Lowry apparently projects decently enough for his is he batting but where's he batting where's where's Jed Lowry why are we getting Jed Lowry here batting sixth okay and he's 2500 and he's a switch hitter okay and that isn't the end of the world but I'm just looking at the lineups 96 96 see here's a lineup that's more owned than this lineup but less projected and has Snell in it right Right, most of this ownership from this lineup is coming from Snell. This Quito Lopez lineup. That's even higher owned because it has Tommy Pham in it, right? So you see, if it doesn't have Snell, of Tommy Pham. Now, obviously, even at like 100, like all of these ownerships are low enough. I mean, as long as you don't have Dodgers in your lineup. If you don't have Dodgers and Padres in your lineup, you're good. It's like all these lineups will be good. So let's go to the Dodgers now. If it was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stack the Dodgers. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play the chalk. I'm gonna do all this. I'm gonna build a couple of lineups. Let it run a little twenty. Okay. Oh, now you now you start getting Merrill Kelly and Christian Javier. Right. Look at this ownership now, 180. Because you're playing 35% this guy, 30 all these 30% dumb guys. But still. But still, a combination of Javier and Kelly at 9% and 5% in your pitcher spot, you're good. Even though cumulative ownership is 180, which is like double what we just looked at in the other build, this is just as leverage because of your pitching combination. Right? Kikuchi Yarborough, Dodger stack. Kikuchi Kelly, like they're you're gonna get if you're not playing Snell. You're not playing high high owned pitchers. Like this is fine, even though these cumulative ownerships are 177, 180, 180 versus 90 in the other one. They're 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 fine. They project better. 104, 103, 103. But like once we start adding Snell, once we start adding Fam into these lineups. Like then, then now, now you get too much, right? Now you're playing, then you kind of, you're playing a little too much chalk. Where's Fam? Is Fam even getting into these lineups? Let's take a look. Okay. No, we get Hanniger. Okay, because Hanniger's going to lead off. Okay, I, I get it now. So you get more Hanniger than anything, right? Trammell, Hilliard, Vaughn, Lowry, Fraley, Hanniger. This is the plate IQ projections. And then fam. 
like if we if we put fam in this lineup like we're gonna it's it's gonna be can i even do it i don't know i have some settings that i didn't reset but i hope you understand what i'm talking about when it comes to like this is still comes down to like i say most shows lineups not players it's like, what does the whole lineup look like? Try to try to visualize like that. Don't go, I'm going to play this guy and then that guy and then that guy. And then you get to a point where it's like, I have two spots to fill and they're 3,900 and for this and then I need to find people, right? Like, no, think holistically. Think if I play this type of lineup, what does this type of lineup look like as a whole? If I want to play Dodger stacks, what does that lineup look like? That has enough leverage for a large field GPP. What does it look like? Maybe not even the exact players, but what does it look like? Okay, it's, it's Dodgers, probably playing Will Smith, the catcher. Probably probably need to play a, a different starting pitcher that's going to be chalky, so not Snell, right? Probably not going to play Tommy Pham, chalk one-off. Probably not. You're going to be playing Seager over Tatis, so you don't have to worry about that. Turner over Machado, okay, for, you know, the Padre stuff, and then you Kind of piece everything into your head and go, okay, well, if I take someone like, like, uh, uh, if I, if I take Hanniger, that's going to be too chalky probably in that type of, line. if I take Hanniger in that Dodgers lineup, that means I need to make sure my pitching is like nothing. I'm playing, I'm playing off the board pitchers, but it's like, oh, I want to play the Dodgers and Snell. It's like, okay, you want to play the Dodgers and Snell. Now you're going to have to find. Now you have to really find leverage. I guess you're playing, uh, I guess you're going to end up playing kind of like Wyatt Matheson is a one-off or something of all the third base and not playing Turner, right? You're ending up playing Gavin Lux instead of Cody Bellinger, right? You're Now you're, now you're differentiating by not playing like the chalkiest Dodgers stack. It's like, well, I want to play Snell and I want to play Fam, and I want to play Dodgers stack. It's like, ah, that's all. Yeah, it projects well, but, uh, not for a contest with 70,000 entries. Like, where are, you gonna get, where are you getting your leverage? And maybe you don't get your leverage in for all from the other spots. Maybe you get it from the actual Dodger stack itself. By not playing bets, playing Pollock over bets. By playing Lux over Turner. And then playing, not Machado at third place. And you, you're playing Wyatt Matheson, batting seventh. Well, you probably wouldn't play him against Snell in the same lineup. Right, you're, you're thinking in those terms. What do the lineups look like? And once you could understand and think non-linearly about what the lineups look like, then you could use something like Lineup HQ to build those types of lineups, and then look and then see what they look like, and go, Did, "Is this what I visualized? Yes, no. Do they project well? Do they do they have enough leverage? Good." So this lot, but this lineup has Sam Hilliard in it. So who cares? Do you trust your model? Yes. Okay. Then what does it matter? It fits your parameters. If you visualize those types of lineups in order to play those Dodger stacks, you need to find $2,800 hitters and a 7K pitcher. If the projections say X fits here and X fits there, and there you go. I want to build 10 of those types of lineups. Okay. Then rotate those players. Right. Change, do a 2v2, do a 3v3. Have a similarly projected lineup, similarly owned lineup that still fits that those parameters. Let's see, going through the YouTube chat. 
Based on that slate IQ data, what would be your vomit stack? I don't know. I don't even know if there's a vomit stack tonight. I, I think Seattle. I think. I mean, they're going to be hot. I mean, based on this, they're going to, they have negative leverage. But I mean, a vomit stack, like the, there's only 12 teams. And do you need a vomit stack? To, I mean, that the problem to me is that the vomit stack is not necessary today. I don't think Bauer Snell. You don't. You need to do. The pricing is cheap enough that I. I. I the higher projected lineups have pitchers like Lopez and Heaney, Javier Kikuchi, because even if you play Snell at ninety seven hundred, or you play Bauer at ten five, and pair them with one of those, you, you're, you're still not paying more than like sixteen k, seventeen k, something like that for pitchers, which means you could. You what vomit stack do you need? So to me, the leverage on this slate from a batting perspective is to play a stack that is of of some expense similar enough to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the most expensive stack, yes. So that's why I was looking at the, the, the White Sox. We take a look at the White Sox stack. It's like, yeah, they have, they have a run total that is over three runs lower. I know that, but look at the ownership. Like they're nothing. So you have Anderson, Robert, Abreu, Moncada, Crandall, even Vaughn, Adam Eaton, you know, whatever, whatever down here against Heaney. And if Heaney's going to be chalky, you get leverage, you know, you get the, the double the amount. So you're not playing the Dodgers as a stack. Doesn't mean Dodgers can't be in this lineup. But if Heaney is going to be, like we have here, projected owned, Feeney's going to be 41% owned, right? Somewhere up there, 30%. Some, I mean, any point that I get from my White Sox stack, the Heaney lineups go down, right? So as my white, my low-owned White Sox stacks go up, like 2% of lineups are coming up and 40% of lineups are going down. That's a great combination. And White Sox stacks lineups don't have Dodgers in it. So like if the Dodgers fail, that's another negative correlation. So my White Sox stacks could could have Snell Lopez in it. So it's a good combination, and I get to fill. Take a look here. I get to I get to fill infield spots, right? So I'm going to fill. Even if I take Vaughn, let's say I take Vaughn instead of Robert, to make it even cheaper. So I have Moncada there, and I take Vaughn. In the outfield, because I already have a Bray win. Second base is open. Two outfield spots and two pitchers. Okay, so I could still play. I could probably still play Betts or Bellinger in this lineup. Fifty four hundred. I mean, it's, probably end up having to play Jed Lowry here. But let's say I let's say I do want to play. Can I play a Dodger in this lineup? Let's say I take Bellinger. Optimize. I could even play Bauer in this lineup with Lowry and Hilliard. Okay, so that if I want to go double punted pitch at uh, at batters, let's say I don't even play. I don't even play Bauer. I want to play. I go cheap at pitcher, cheap at pitcher, and you do something like uh, Lopez. Let's let's do Lopez. Well, you're not going to play Heaney against against your own stack. We play Lopez, and I mean even Lopez Snell. I mean, let's do that. Let's see what comes up. 
No, that's too expensive. Can't do that. Or Lopez Kikuchi. I mean, there's a, there's a double double cheap combination. There's Kikuchi. Right. I could play Cronenworth and Pollock. No problem. Like, what's wrong with this lineup right here? You even play. You're playing Bellinger as a one-off. You're playing a five-two-one lineup. Ninety-six ten. That's not bad. Kikuchi Lopez, the White Sox stack. Cronenworth at second. Pollock Bellinger. Now that's correlated, right? Five to one. Enough leverage. You're still playing Dodgers. You're still playing Dodgers and Padres. This is fine. So thinking about things in terms non-linearly, like I didn't choose Cronenworth or whatever. Like if I take out Vaughn, obviously Vaughn at 2K opens up the possibility of me being able to get to Bellinger. So let's say you don't take Bellinger and you take uh, Betts, who's a little bit more expensive. Let's get to Betts. I'm assuming it's going to go to uh, Pollock's going to come out. Or it's going to be like Lowry something. It's going to be something like, yeah, Lowry, Pollock, yeah. Leave 500 on the table even. So yeah, the difference between Betts and Bellinger is just the difference of Lowry and, and Cronenworth. Probably want to take Cronenworth. So I see here, but it's Vaughn that opens up the possibility of having the Dodgers. So let's say instead of taking Vaughn, I took Robert. We go to the White Sox and I'll lock in Robert. And I still want to play Kikuchi Lopez over there. So now, now you can still get Bellinger. Bellinger, Hilliard, Lowry. Okay, so that's still doable with Kikuchi and Lopez. Right, double cheap. So this is what I mean by, you know, thinking in terms of, of, of lineups. What do these lineups look like? Once I know that, like, okay, I can play Bellinger. I can play Bellinger or Betts in my White Sox stacks, even with Lewis Robert in the lineup, as long as I go double. I I, I need to go 13K a pitch. Right. Optimally, not locking them. It's in, say, Lopez Heaney, but I'm not going to play Heaney against my stack. Then you lose. You lose Bellinger, because now you're getting Slater, Hanniger. And Lowry. This projects slightly better, but obviously correlation-wise, you're never going to play your, your pitcher against your five-man stack. From a meaning perspective, yeah, sure, but not for, for ceiling, you definitely not. So thinking in these terms, if I play this stack, what does the rest of my lineup look like? If I play these two pitchers, what does the rest of my lineup look like? And how do you have that balance of projection and ownership? So that's why thinking in terms of what the best plays are, like the no, you're building lineups. You can't fit all the best plays in one lineup. Or you can. It's called cash games. There. They play cash games. Steve Zarad, do you find it difficult to avoid three mans and five mans on FanDuel that all have all sharper players? Yesterday in MLB, it seemed next to impossible to avoid them at all, at least in those contests. Yeah. Because that's I don't I don't necessarily play three to five mans on FanDuel. But if you find ones with uh, less experienced badges in it. But, I mean, most 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 people that are playing three mans and five mans are going to be sharper players. So that's that's normal. Craig Toe, hi, I'm new to lineup HQ. Can you quickly show? I have two separate settings: cash lineups versus GPP lineups. But having to reset all settings, what you could what you could do, you're able. We have cloud storage and browser storage. So if you're on cloud storage, that means wherever lineup HQ goes, you go. They're both the reverse. You know what I'm talking about. So if you open this up on your phone, 
whatever your settings were and your exposures and your lineups will all be there saved in the cloud. You could open up your phone. You could open up another browser. You go to the library, go to your friend's house, go to wherever. I have three computers open, right? Laptop, iPad, whatever you want. It'll all follow you because it's all saved in the cloud. If you switch to browser storage, that means it's everything that you do is saved in the browser's cache, which means this browser's cache is going to be different than if you open it up on your phone or any, it's going to be, it's not going to save there. So if you want to have, if you want to use the same slate and have two different settings, you switch over to browser, you switch over to browser storage, and then you open up another browser, not another tab. Like if you're in Chrome, it's not like you're, no, you have to open up Firefox or Safari, Internet Explorer. Does that still exist? You have to open up another browser, another application. And then in one, you have one settings and one, you have the other settings. Just understand once you close your browser, if you accidentally close your browser, it ain't coming back, right? Because it's not saved in the cloud. That's the downside to using browser storage is that, you know, you accidentally click the computer crashes. If the power goes out and your computer reboots or whatever, like you lost everything, you have to redo it. In cloud, if that happens, it comes right back up. It's, it's, it's saved in the cloud, but that's how you would do it. Uh, any more questions? Let's go through a little couple of, couple of questions before we get out of here for the day. When you use the bat, do you use the bat X or bat classic? Bat X, it has more information. It has the Statcast data. Is it going to be that dramatic of a difference? Probably not. Do, do, do. Matt Robbins, if massive building, what are some rules you made? I have to still build leverage lineups. That it, I'll use whatever settings it need needs to in order to build the lineups that I want. There's no, there's no, every, every single slate, I will have different settings in lineup HQ. Every single slate. Well, how do you determine what set? It determines about what lineups I want to play. The optimizer, the lineup building tool is there to you tell it what to do. So there's no correct settings. There's literally no correct settings. Literally none. What lineups are you building? We have all the settings to make it easier for you to build a hundred of those lineups. So if you need to build lineups that look like X, well, that may involve 17 different settings. These groups and these things and this thing there and that. And then the next day you're like, well, I'm building these types of lineups and I want to build 20% of these types of lineups and 40% of those types of lineups and 10% of these types of lineups all together. Well, how, how am I going to be able to accomplish that? Well, use the settings in order to accomplish that. And there might be, there might be five different ways in order to do it. Do I need to cap ownership? Do I need to change of exposure? Do I need to use only in stacks? Do I need, whatever you need to do, there's going to be an option for you to do it. I'm getting too much of this team with that team. How do I solve that? Well, there's probably five ways of solving that. How come I'm getting more of these lineups that I don't want? I want more of those lineups. Okay, well then change the exposures. There's no rules. There's no, always use this. There's There's nothing like that. Sometimes I'm playing a diversified set, a very diversified set. Sometimes I'm varying a very, very narrow set. Sometimes I'm playing a lot of a pitcher. Sometimes I'm not playing a lot of a pitcher. Sometimes I'm playing, it depends. So there's, 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 no, there's no magic settings in lineup HQ. I lit, do you prefer to do your research on the pitchers first before choosing your hitters or this is just a rush sample? I don't do research on anything. 
if you noticed, like I'm, I'm telling, this is how I build lineups. I'm showing this, this, this isn't a rush. This is literally how I build lineups. You go, well, how, how are you doing? Re- what research do I have to do? I have numbers here. I don't, I don't understand. What, re- what, what do I have to, what do I have to look up? Do I trust the model? Yes. Now, this is plate IQ projections. I trust the plate IQ projections. I just trust, I trust the bet more. The projections already take all any any research you do into the statistics of all these players and the matchup and the every everything that goes into the game, everything that could possibly happen is in the numbers. It's already done for you. So what research am I doing? You want to research the pictures, all like it's all in here already. Here are the medians, here's the floor and the ceiling, here's the range of outcomes. What do I, what do I need to know? I need to know the batting orders, right? The guy moves up or down the batting room, the plate expectation goes up and down, right? The plate appearance expectation. Mitch Hanniger batting first is different than Mitch Hanniger batting seventh. He's going to lose on average about close to an at-bat in that, in that scenario, which means his median is going to go from 8.6 down to like 6.8, which then doesn't make him as well projected at 3,100. So no, I don't do, there's no, I don't do the research first or last or anything. You'll see, you'll see on this, on this pregame show, like pe- people think that there's some like, oh, well, I'm just rushing through. No, this is, this is, this is how I would build my lineups. Like you don't look at stats. I like, know. I don't look, what stats would I need to look at? I don't look at stats in basketball, right? The higher total teams tend to be projected better. Oh, oh. What a revelation. Like, so do I need to know the totals? I'll know it by, oh, why is this team projected so well? Oh, they have a 6.8 implied run total against the garbage pitcher in a good ballpark and it's hot. Okay, that's the why, but I mean, I already got the answers. Do I need to know why? No, as long as the numbers, as long as the numbers are accurate, that's all, that's all that matters to me. I'm just trying to build plus EV lineups. The highest projected lineups today are going to be Dodgers. Dodgers and Padres. They're also going to be the most owned lineups. So for large field GPPs, with the with how much variance there is in baseball, playing super uber chalk lineups are typically negative EV. Basketball, they could be plus EV because it's a lower variance sport. But in baseball, they're typically negative EV. So like, so how do I not play those lineups yet still have a decent enough projection? That's what we're trying to figure out. If I were just to use my build rules, let me reset. Right, because I'm getting, you know, I, I left it from yesterday. Right? So we just built 50 lineups. Like with no with no stacks, no nothing. The highest lineup is uh 114.84. But it's there's no stacks, there's no correlation here. Yeah, you get two, you get three, two, something, something like that. Right, so 114 is the optimal without correlating, which you would never do. So we go to stacks, and I put in 5x at 100. Let's do the same thing. Build 50 lineups. You don't have to build all 50. Just let's give me 10 or 20 or something here. Here we go. Build two. So with a five-man stack, 113. So it's not even that different, right? 114.84. Is the theoretical optimal <coughs> median 
based on our plate IQ projections. If we force a five-man stack, the top would be 113. Then we get 112, 111.86, 111.8, 111.02. But look at these ownerships, 260. I mean, I mean, look at this. Because you're putting in, I mean, look, you're putting in a five-man Dodger stack. <clears throat> and the only way to play a five-man Dodger stack with Heaney Lopez is by playing what? Capizano, if he starts a catcher for San Diego, Evan White, and Jed Lowry. That's what this lineup looks like. How about a Blake Snell lineup? Blake Snell, yet you have to play Taylor Trammell and Evan. Yeah. They project 111. They'll project the best, but I mean, but where's the leverage? Like, like these, these lines are just way owned. So now let's say, like, look, look at the, the ownership sum. Let's say I want to see if there's any that are below 200 even. So I go into build rules. I go, let me just see. For any under, so I didn't select Dodgers stacks. Well, let me hold on. Let me get the uniques out of here. I still have it. I don't know why it didn't reset. Unique players one. Now let's see. So I'm building fifty lines. I'm going to see if there's any Dodger stacks that are in a lineup that projects well. That's under two hundred percent total ownership. So once we limit it to two hundred. Okay, we get some A's. Go to stack summary. We get nine of them. Okay, now we get some Dodgers. Right, so we scroll down a bit. We get some Giants, Giants, Giants. Here's Dodgers. Dom Nunes. Sam Hilliard. Andrew Vaughn. I mean, based on our current ownership projections. Let's take a look for another Dodgers one. This is the concept of you're trying to... I want to play a Dodgers stack, but not be the chalk. So here we go. Brandon Crawford there. Johnny Cueto. So that's what's giving you the under 200. So you can still play Smith, Muncie, Turner, Bellinger, Betts. And you have, you're getting enough, are you getting enough, I guess so. Enough leverage, maybe, I guess so. So that's what you, this is me making lineups. This is what I'd be doing. I'd look and I'd go, is it worth it to play those, those Dodgers lineups that, or somehow, you know, enough leverage. Should I be playing them? <coughs> Compare them to Oakland lineups. Compare them to any to any other lineups. What are they projected, and what are what are the, what are they owned? And if I see that these Dodgers lineups just aren't projected well, or still too high owned, then I just don't play them. Right? This is lineups, not players. Well, how do you play? You know, you go through this, and how do you, how are you going to play? Uh, 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 Sam Hilliard. We go, why not? Like, he sucks. It's like, well, he's projected for seven points, medium wise. Yeah, but he sucks. Yeah, what does it matter? Do I trust the model? Oh, I trust the model when it comes to the Dodgers stacks, but not for Sam Hilliard. Like, that's stupid. You, you trust the model, you don't trust the model. So it's already distilled into numbers. There you go. Here's, here's a Dodger stack with Johnny Cueto. How do you play Johnny Cueto? He sucks. Who cares? <laughs> He's projected for a 13.92 median. What, what does it matter anymore? I already got the number. Once you get out of the mindset that you're playing players and not playing, you're, you're playing lineups, not players, and you're not even playing baseball. You're playing a math game. And you get out of your head of like, oh, well, I need to research. I need to look at this and I need to, no, what, what do you need to look at? 
We do all that work for you. You sign up to Roto-Grinders Premium. You click on the link in the description. You get $10 off your first month. And everything's here. All the numbers are here. Just use these numbers. Build lineups. You're done. It's not as complicated as you think. <sighs> Last question. Greg Tobin, large field GPPs, how much projected points are you willing to give up to gain leverage on average? Well, there's, remember, remember the, remember, uh, remember the rules? If I can answer with a yes or no or an exact number, it's a bad question. The range of outcomes for a baseball lineup is so wide that who knows? You, you, 90 points? I mean, you can, some slates. Who knows? Maybe not 90. Remember, look, look at look at the look at the floors and ceilings. Okay. Let's let's go by let's go by by ownership. So the Dodgers, which are de facto the best projected stack on the slate. Okay. Top five batters are Beth Seeger, Turner, Bellinger, Smith. Okay. We could all agree it's the best stack by far. No problem. You know, no question. Okay. Based on the plate IQ projections, the floor and the ceiling are the 15th and 85th percentile outcomes. The floor for Betts is three. Seeger, 2.7. Turner, 2.5. Bellinger, 2.8. Will Smith, 1.9. So even we just take the first number just to make it easier. Three plus two is five. Plus two is seven. Plus two is uh, nine. Plus one is 10. So the floor on that stack, total number of points in the 15th percentile is 10. Okay? So that five-man stack could be, uh, apparently Senzatella is going to do extremely well today. That that outcome happens. Just so happens, the stack only scores 10. Or just so happens that, you know, Muncie and the guys at the bottom of the order do all the damage. Ceilings, 40 plus 34 is 74. Plus 31, 105. Plus 36, it's 141. Plus 24 is 165. Look at that range. 15th percentile is 10 points. 85th percentile is 165 points. 15th to 85th percentile. Okay? So you tell me how many points median are you willing to sacrifice for leverage? Dude, the Dodgers could only put up, that stack could only put up 10 points. Could also put up 165. So like, can you sacrifice 80 to get, I mean, you almost can't even think in those terms. For a sport like baseball, you're thinking more of aggregate ownership of the stack than like the projection of the lineup, right? Because most of the time you're going to go through these lineups and you're going to see similar, oh, 107s. That can, does, can I play a lineup that only projects for 96? Yeah, sure. The grand scheme of things, it's a, 10 points doesn't matter all that much in baseball. But if I saw some of these lineups that were 68s, I'd be like, you know, maybe that's, that, that's too low. I mean, like, how would you... I, I, how is it possible to even build a lineup with that low of a projection by using all of your salary? Maybe you what? You're playing seven, eight, nines, and I, I don't even know if you could do it. Because baseball players project too similarly to each other. Because even the ninth, the bad hitting ninth hitter on the team is still going to project for like five points, 4.5 or something. And he's going to be 2,200. So it's like, like, how do you spend all your salary and have a projection that that's going to be that low as it is? probably not so i wouldn't necessarily judge your lineups based on that no matter what what type of format it's in the difference between lineups like even in cash games like we saw here with the 
if we just built with we built with no no rules whatsoever right we got all these off let me build a bunch of lineups and this this is without stats okay so we have the top optimal based on our plate IQ projections is 109.51 the next one is 109.51 also with different players this is 109.5 this is 109.48 this is 109.38 this is 109.29 this is 109.24 are you getting my point going down to the 25th lineup 108.81 like the 25th lineup is is like not even a point lower right 109.51 108.81 0.7 0.74 or something from the first lineup to the 25th lineup okay the different if you played any of these 25 lineups in in double ups they're fine i mean like we're talking about baseball variance. The difference in 0.7 is, are you going to see that most slates? Well, what's the difference between this lineup and that lineup and this lineup and the, the 0.01? I mean, I mean, it's very similar to any other sport. Like, like the difference in these lineups with the variance that is in baseball, close your eyes and pick one and pick the 12th one. I wouldn't call you an idiot. Oh, you're playing Evan Ligori and Tim Anderson. Uh, fine. 109.13. Pick which one you like, which it makes you feel good. The actual choice probably doesn't matter. Theoretically, if the if the model was completely accurate, you know, the most accurate, you'd play the top one. And to realize the edge of playing the top one versus the third one is going to take you, I don't know, 74 lifetimes. The difference of 0.01 in a baseball lineup. You'd have to run this slate out like, hundreds of thousands of times and the difference of EV between the two, the difference of return is going to be still be like an extra, oh, you get an extra three pennies over the course of a million years, like that type of thing. So the difference is, there's not, not much, not much of a difference. So on your way out, you kept my apple juice cold, hit that thumbs up button, thumbs up for casual Friday, casual Friday. We did a little bit of learning. We went over some stuff. Looked at today's slate. I, it's, it's, it's weird to be able to talk about the actual slate that's going on today. Obviously, there may be some batting order changes, some guys that may not be in the lineup, catchers or whatever, but it should mostly apply. But uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Baseball, not basketball, with all the shenanigans. And we'll be, be going over stuff on, on Monday because James will be back on Monday. James McCall will be talking baseball, 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 MLB, all the time here, because that's where I am at eleven o'clock in the mornings on the Roto Grinders YouTube channel. Right, so subscribe, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. So I'll be here in the mornings, as I always am on weekdays, on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.